what I do is I, I just try to take my hat and I turn it around and it's like a switch that goes on. And when the switch goes on, I feel like another person. I feel, I don't know, I feel like a, like a truck, like a machine. This is Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary, brought to you by AdamandEve.com. Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. I'm one of your hosts, Steve Simon. I am Lance Wackerly. What's up there, Wacker? Um, you know, just, just we're getting ready to podcraft. Chilling like a villain, like Bob Dylan and penicillin. <laughs> With something <laughs> illin. <laughs> yeah. So, um, did you end up, did you end up getting those uh, Get a Life DVDs yet? Yes, I did. Been, I'm going going through the back catalog. It was it was funny when uh, when I saw you here in L.A. like a couple weeks ago. You're like, I mean, you're you're talking about it like a guy would talk about getting a girl a hot girl's phone number at the bar. You're you're that excited like about it. TV, <laughs> I love it. TV's better than a girl. You know, actually. When you think about it, TV is better than a girl. TV's always there for you. It's always, it always has been there for me. It, it never rejects you. It always gives you something. Ener- you never get bored by TV either. Well, there's always another show around the flip corner. The cha- flip the channel. Yeah. You and know, the old you- shows don't get mad because you go watch a new show. They don't care. You know, if you want your TV to shut up, you turn it off. You want your girlfriend to shut up, you got to hold her down and duct tape her mouth. It's hard. It strenuous i don't know you can't do that from the couch i want to you know the other day i was i was excited about it because i didn't know get a life a lot of people probably don't even i bet you a lot of our fans weren't even born when that show was on fox probably not I don't, what year was it i don't even remember like was 1988 it? i think or 89 it had to be later than that no i think it was when uh the simpsons like first came out Maybe it you know, was I ninety. Could, Maybe you know, 90. I could go. I could go grab the box, but it's way over there. And I'm not going to. <laughs> Maybe it was ninety, but I know it was like Fox was a fledgling channel, right. desperate for programming. So they picked up a show about a what a 35 year old paper boy who lives with his parents. Yeah, still lives with his parents. Still Never lives with out. his parents. Never moved out. Still a paper boy, and it's. I gotta say, it's brilliant. It's one of, probably one of my favorite shows of all time. Yeah, you know people aren't going to get it, though, if they just go, you know, I don't even know how, I don't even know how to tell people to approach it, because it's of a different time at this point. They're basically just, they're clowning the concept of a sitcom. It's very postmodern in that sense. But, but no, but other shows weren't postmodern back then, and I think there are, there are a lot of shows now that are postmodern. So I don't think people will quite get what they're doing. Like yeah. if you grew up, if you grew up watching fucking Mr. Belvedere and fucking, uh, you know, growing Family pains. Ties, growing and growing pains, pains, pains stuff like that, yeah. and and you were just like, by the time you were just so, even as what were we like, 
15, 14 years old, even as 14, 15 year olds were just like, oh God, this programming is so bad and it's all the same and they're always using the same tropes. Same laugh track and the same tropes and the same storyline. And I then a show it, came out, it wasn't like, I mean like, uh, uh, you know, uh, what's the Al Bundy show called? I can't remember. Married, married with Children. Married with Children was irreverent. But it was still, just, it was just a sitcom that was irreverent and like, you know, did, they did like dirty things. There was lots of impl- implications of sex. But ghetto, but ghetto Life is like making fun of the whole concept of a sitcom in a very dry, indirect way. That's the thing with Married with Children was just basically the antithesis of a regular sitcom about a family. You know, they took right. like, you know, a, a typical family, like family ties and just made them just a really horrible, irreverent, disgusting family. But it was still a sitcom. Whereas Get a Life, yeah, I mean, it was like uh, they they just basically just skewered what a sitcom is supposed to be, and it was brilliant. Like, and like, it wasn't like, received like, well. Uh, get, like uh, Married with Children was like you know your alcoholic down and out uncle of a sitcom, but Get a Life was like your on LSD crazy fucking uh, don't talk to him uncle of a sitcom. Very progressive, very ahead of its time, and not generally well received by people because i don't think people were accepting him something like that at the time they didn't get it they, they thought they thought that they thought that they were really trying to make a sitcom and just not doing a good job yeah like this show is terrible and like the plot is so dumb and it's like well you're not understanding that it's supposed they're to be making the plot this plot dumb in a specific way to make fun of like a specific type of sitcom it only lasted a couple seasons but it was those two seasons were glorious, people. I'm telling you. So anyway, you should get the DVDs, and I have to get these DVDs because I thought I had some Get a Life episodes that I had purchased a long time ago from Amazon. Yeah. So the other day, a couple of days ago, after you were here, I was like, "Well, I want to watch Get a Life now because I haven't seen it in so long." My, my favorite episode is the Zoo Animals on Wheels one, and I know I yeah. had that. I thought I had it. And I was so stoned, and I'm like, where the fuck did I put my goddamn Get a Life DVDs? And so I'm going through the closet. Turns out I have them on VHS tapes. You don't have the VHS VHS I don't even anymore. have a video player. So I was just sitting there, and I was crushed. You know that, that point where you're so high, and you like, get in your mind, you could do one thing, and you just want right. to complete that one thing? And right. I was in there for a good 20 minutes foraging around to try to find this Get a Life DVD. Turns out it's a VHS tape. So then... I was sitting there just kind of looking at my pile of DVDs, and the one on top, over the top. Over uh-huh. the top is the one lying on the, very, the, the, the top of the heap there of DVDs. Sylvester Stallone. arm wrestling movie of the 80s or 90s. Excellent The 80s movie. and 90s always blur together for me. I, don't, I can't figure out what happened when. This, this was like a late 80s movie, but I got to say it's the Citizen Kane of trucker arm wrestling movies. It was basically completely bullshit, right? Because Rocky or whatever, Sylvester Stallone wanted some more money, but he'd already made like five Rocky movies or maybe four at that point. And he like couldn't get the Rocky writers or the or the people who own the Rocky. To make Rocky 20. Yeah, they were like, no, we're going to wait. We're going to make another Rocker movie, Rocky movie, but it's like two years out. And he's like, shit, man, I need some money. Uh, how about if I make an arm wrestling picture? Yeah, but you know what though? They 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 still do the same thing. The underdog, but now instead of boxing, it's arm wrestling. You know, they could have been, they could have said like, "Oh, Rocky decided for one summer to try his hand at arm wrestling," and <laughs> Sylvester Stallone would have been like, "Yeah, it seems like a good good concept plot for the thing." You know, when you're really high, it's a very very entertaining movie, um, uh-huh. mainly because they they interview all the different like 
villains in the movie, like his his opponents. My favorite guy is uh, Grizzly. His just name's Grizzly, and he drinks like during the the bouts, during the the matches, he'll just drink a jug of motor oil. Just is just, it Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or is it a guy who looks like Hacksaw Jim Duggan? I think he is a guy who looks like Hacksaw Jim Duggan because okay. I don't think maybe maybe it is. You know, actually, I should check the credits. But the the main guy, his main like adversary is Big Bull Hurley. I don't know what else that guy did. But he's great, and his one-liners are he probably, amazing. He probably committed a lot of uh, spousal abuse <laughs> in real life. <laughs> you know who was in it, too, which I didn't know at the time? Uh, Robert Logier. Remember that guy? Yeah. He, he was also in uh, Tim and Eric's movie. He was the, uh, right. the bad guy. He's like that old Italian, like, irascible grandfather that's just pissed off. He's kind of like George C. Scott. Sometimes he, sometimes he plays the uh, the grandfatherly guy, but sometimes he does play like the bad guy a lot too. He's a great villain, that Robert Loggia, and he was great in this. He, he clearly was, he's he wasn't arm wrestling in the movie. He was like the the money behind the top arm wrestler or something. <laughs> it's just I'm it's asking. such a funny movie because I'm watching it. I'm mean, beyond the obvious things like the weightlifting apparatus in the truck. So while he's driving his truck, he can like you know pump up his one arm. So he's got the this child, one really huge arm. The child. Well, that was one of the funniest things about it because the story of the movie is he's got this kid that he's estranged from. He doesn't. He never really took any part of this kid's life because he's a trucker and he's on the road. He's a wanderer. Yeah. But then uh, the mom has cancer. His ex. His ex wife was like wealthy, right? Yeah. Well, because Robert Loggia, her father, was really wealthy, and but she gets oh, cancer. It's her father. So he's got to take, you know, reunite with the kid and whatever. The sure. kid is in a boarding school training to become a doctor. But what ends up happening in the movie, he like basically sees the, the beauty and, uh, you know, the um, benefit of becoming a trucker and an arm wrestler. Life on the road. Life on the road. So in the end, he becomes like, you know, sees how cool it is to be an arm wrestling truck driver just like his father, which I don't really know if it's that good. You know, if that's a, a good thing to teach your kids. He gave, up, he gave up a medical career, a prospect of a medical career, so he could drive a truck and piss in a jug and shit in a Walmart bag. <laughs> do, you think, uh, do you think Trucker Paul has a weightlifting device thing in his car? I think he lifts, like, cheeseburgers into his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it was an epic film, though. They certainly don't make them like that anymore. They really don't. But it got me thinking about arm wrestling and how like when we were in high school and even when in college it carried over into college we used to do that we used to get really drunk and arm wrestle like idiot like bros well there's a point do that there's a there's a point in high school i don't know if it's like this anymore but when we were in high school i don't think it is like it anymore because now the cool kids all look like heroin addicts but when we were in high school like all the dudes wanted to get big right yeah you so, wanted like to, everybody's like I'm, I'm gonna get a weight bench for my birthday and put it in the basement and then you like lift <laughs> like if you're me this didn't work at all <laughs> you know who you are know why because the schwarzenegger guaranteed you saw and, these movies like and Rambo. over the top and over the top yeah. we thought that they were the coolest people van damn you van like, damn look at perfect him. example huge you could kick ass i want to be that guy and uh so then arm wrestling was just an upshot of that and now, if you think about it, they have uh, movies like, you know, or shows like True Blood. That's what they aspire to be. It's, you know, emo vampire guy. This, you know, is why they, this is why the whole hipster nerd thing pisses me off so much. <laughs> if, you really, if you really want me to be frank. Because when I was in high school, it would have been perfect for me. 
but it wasn't her i didn't have like that to go to i had to try and make myself look like arnold schwarzenegger which clearly wasn't going to happen it's really funny how the truth is rearing its ugly head all of a sudden now this is like a you know this is kind of cathartic it's just like a therapy Three, session episode for you. 349 what's what's gonna have come out at 350 <laughs> get to wait and find out it's finally the truth is revealed people the reason why wackerly is such a bitter person such a spiteful hateful man it's because he he you went to high school too early you should have been born a little bit later. Or I should have just taken steroids like all the other people who actually got big. <laughs> That's the other thing. You like you see all these dudes in your high school who are getting big because you're in high school in like the 90s or whatever. And you're like, God damn it. Like that guy must work out all the time. And then you go home and you pump, pump some barbells at your, your fucking weight bench and it's not doing anything. And then like five years after you're out of high school... Somebody who like knew that dude better than you, the huge guys, or maybe he was a huge guy, comes up and be like, "Oh yeah, we were all doing steroids. Oh, That's that why we we're so juicing. huge." And yeah, you're that like, guy oh. was juicing. You're like, if I would have known liars. steroids were available, I would have been all over that. <laughs> and because I, I already was covered in covered in acne, I mean, it's not like that would have stopped me. Oh, it gives you acne, really? Look at my face. What's going to give me more acne? You don't want your balls to shrink. That'd be terrible. Well, if the question was like, you know, not getting laid because I was a puny pipsqueak <laughs> and getting laid because I was huge but having shrunken balls, I think I would take the latter. <laughs> but it was I mean, true, though. I mean, our role models were these action heroes, so we wanted to get big, and I think that's why Like we saw movies like Over the Top, so we get fucking yeah. wasted at these parties, and next thing you know, it was just like, you know, we're sitting there just on the, on the kitchen table, just arm wrestling until one of us would just get really hurt. Or sometimes, like, I remember in college, we had a pair of boxing gloves, just a pair. So one person would wear a right one, and one person would wear a left one, and we just yeah. wail on each other. <laughs> Unlucky left one. <laughs> we just wail on each other. Like, why? I don't know yeah. why. Well, in college, it was more just drunken shenanigans. Right? I remember getting knocked out, like, not completely knocked out, but not, hit hard enough that I saw stars yeah. from uh, our, our friend Brian. I mean, he hit me right. so hard that I was, like, laying on the ground and just seeing stars. And my eye was, like, kind of, like, puffed up for, like, two days. It's what did terrible. you expect to happen when you drunk in box? <laughs> it's just, it's funny. I just don't think people do that. Maybe they do. Maybe they still do. We, I don't know. We didn't strip down to our trunks, right? I don't remember doing that. No, we would just... It, Trying it to determine got, how gay this was, because I, so, I was so hammered, I don't even have any memories of this. I mean, I know we did it, but... Well, no, I remember you going at it with uh, with Eric, and I think one of you guys, like, seriously, like, got cut open, like, you're cut open an eye or something, Eric fell over Speaking a table. Of Rocky. But no, I, I just recall, like, it would get to a point in the evening where we, we'd been drinking since 7 p.m., and it would be, like, around 3 or 4 in the morning, We'd be having like a few people at our house, and then like one guy would just pull out the gloves, and it was just like, "Well, who's pairing up? Let's start fighting." And the next thing you know, it's like the next morning you're just injured and hurt, and you're like, "What happened?" It was like terrible. Kumite. Yeah, no, totally. Blood sport. <laughs> you know, I was wondering, do girls do stuff like this? What's the equivalent of girls? They, they don't arm wrestle each other. What do they do? Just mud wrestling, jello wrestling? No, they get in their underwear and have pillow fights. No, 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 that's hot. The feathers are flying all over the place. They're jumping on the bed. So wait, when, when we're not around, that's pretty much what happens? No. <laughs> they really get, <laughs> they get stoned and sit around in their uh, jogging pants, watching reality TV with their legs agape. Eating haagen That's exactly what right. happens. Yeah. Although in my mind, I'd like to think they're having a topless pillow fight. I'd like to think it. Yeah, that's how they settle their problems. It'd be great. Like disputes. I don't know. 
But so anyway, I watched the movie. I watched the movie over the top. Then afterwards, I, um, I think I was like checking my Facebooks or something. And I was reading, there was a blog posting. I don't know if it was Boing Boing. Or it was some. It was some blog that I occasionally see. <laughs> Do people use Boing Boing anymore? I like I Boing Boing. I was on Reddit now. I don't know. Maybe it was. Maybe, actually, I think it was. I think it was, I was on Reddit, and there yeah. was a uh, a posting to this thing called X Arm. It was Reddit. Yeah, I was in Reddit's uh, looking at the what the fuck videos, and there was a posting for X Arm, and I was like, what, what the hell is X Arm? I didn't even I've never even heard of this. Turns out, it's extreme arm wrestling. It's like it's a combat sport. Combining techniques from kickboxing, martial arts, and arm wrestling. They have like two dudes. There's chicks do it too, but they have like two dudes. You're tethered by your wrist, and you're also like harnessed to this table. And yet, what you do, the rounds are like a minute long, and you just beat the shit, like the living shit out of each other while arm wrestling. So like while you're arm wrestling, you're pounding each other's faces in. Have you heard of this? No, but they should throw a spitting cobra in the center and call it Shirley. <laughs> No, that that's a good element to it, you know. That'd make it really extreme. That would be like XX arm. I was watching it, and it's brutal. I mean, it's brutal. But I'm watching it, and I was thinking, you know what? This could be over the top, too. You know, a sequel to over the top. You get the kid, Sylvester Stallone probably won't do it because he's too big of a star, too much of a big shot. But his oh, kid... He'll totally do it. He totally wants money. That's why he's making all these Expendables movies. He would do it. I mean, maybe, but but you could probably get his son, who is in it, David Mendenhall, I think is the actor's name. The guy hasn't done shit except TV movies. Yeah, but is he big? I don't know what he looks like now, but he doesn't need to be. Remember, he was a pussy in the movie. He was just this wussy, skinny kid. <laughs> is he going to get big? This is what I'm thinking. He follows his father's footsteps. What about doesn't... Mario Lopez? <laughs> he kind of looks like a kid. Just say Mario... it's the same kid. I'd, I'd say Screech, dude. Screech is... <laughs> I'd say Screech. Screech is actually pretty big, right? Screech, I think Screech would work. I think he's been working out. I think he has some big, big guns now. Yeah, Isn't that porno know. and everything? Yeah, I don't know if uh, if you got to have like kind of a. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is like how many years later? Like almost. The, no, so the problem is, no woman wants to look at Screech. So you got to have somebody who's like kind of cute. So like at least a couple women will go. What see about this um, the vampire bender guy? What's his name? Edward Cullen. That guy. <laughs> I don't know his real name. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. That guy is anything he's in. The girls love. Plus, guys will guys will go see it just to see it get his face beaten in. That would be great. That would be great. Yeah. So so anyway, I was thinking it was a brilliant idea, and uh, actually, in my my high mind right there, I was like, you know, I should email the guys that do this X arm thing for an interview, and then pitch the idea to them and mm-hmm. see how they see you know see what they say, see what they think about it. So then you went to the computer and wa- looked at like 53 lolcats and then remembered what you sat down on the computer to do like three hours later. No, I, t- I totally forgot about it up until like maybe, it was probably like I think maybe two days later. And That's I what saw, happens when you're high. Yeah, yeah. And I saw a video and I was like, oh yeah, I was going to email this guy in X-Arm. So I did. I emailed the, the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of X-Arm, this guy named Alan Winters. And a really cool dude, a nice guy. And Doesn't I, he have like a prog rock band or something? You're thinking that Edgar Winters. That's Edgar Winters. I think that's his brother. Is this dude an albino? That's his older brother. Um, But Alan was like, you know what? I'm totally down to talk to you. Come on the show, and I'll I'll, uh, discuss how X-Arm works. It's interesting. I mean, I'm kind of blown away at how brutal it is, but also blown away that 
why would you even combine arm wrestling with UFC? You know, it's interesting. I don't know. Anyway, let's get the uh, COO of X-Arm. Alan Winters on the phone. Um, Alan Parsons? No, Alan Winters. Oh. (laughs) Not a prog rock musician. Oh, okay. Although it would be nice to see some of these prog rock musicians doing X-Arm. And I can, uh, I wouldn't mind watching those. Once battles. again, there are people that want us, other people want to see punched in the face. So. Yeah, no, it's great. Maybe throw James Taylor in there. But anyway, before we get to that, here's a word from our sponsor, audible.com. Audible.com is the internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. With over 75,000 titles to choose from, Audible has it covered. Get a free audiobook download when you sign up for a free trial. Go to audiblepodcast.com forward slash diddle and get your free audiobook today. Every night with my star friends, we eat caviar and drink champagne. Hello. Alan, D. Simon here, calling you from Sick and Wrong. How you doing? Hey, D. I'm doing great. How you doing? I'm oh, doing pretty good. I'm uh, pretty happy to have you on the show. Um, to talk about X-Arm. Let me do a quick introduction here. So we have Alan on the line. He's the COO, the Chief Operating Officer of X-Arm, which bills itself as the roughest three minutes in sports. So, Alan, let me, let me just start everything off by kind of defining X-Arm here to, to the uninitiated. So essentially, it's arm wrestling crossed with mixed martial arts. That's correct. So it's like UFC meets arm wrestling, extreme arm wrestling. So my first question is, why? Like, well, what, what, why do we need to combine these two contact sports? Okay, and, 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 and Dee, let me add two quick things to your description. It's arm wrestling crossed with mixed martial arts with the two fighters connected at their wrists by gloves and straps oh, okay. and connected to the table by D-rings. So in this space that the fighting space of our sport, it's not a football field, it's not a boxing ring, it's not a cage, it's an area that's about 18 by 24 inches. Wow. So just want to paint a picture of in X-Arm, nobody can get away, there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. So why, why did we do this? Um, you know, the combat sports fan is obviously watching high-adrenaline, high-energy sporting experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but the truth of the matter is, even in you know, the most prolific established com- contact sports or combat sports like boxing or MMA, truth of the matter is, you can dog it, you can lean against the cage, lean against the ropes, move around the ring, move around, move around the octagon. In our sport, it's nonstop action. So here was our thought. If we could come up with a sport that brought two people into the most intimate, close contact space. range, and, and they can't get away, this would be an incredibly intense sporting experience to the degree that it only lasts three minutes. A fight is over by the time you count three minutes. So, it's, so essentially, you just have one-minute rounds? Exactly. We have three one-minute rounds broken up by one-minute breaks between each round. At the okay. end of the three minutes of fighting, if the fight goes the, goes the distance, I will tell you this. There's not one fighter that we've worked with, and we've now worked with over three dozen fighters. There's not one fighter who is not gassed, gassed as if they've run a marathon. I, I mean, I could imagine, because you think about it. 
I've, you know what? I've seen uh, Anderson Silva. You know that, that he's amazing. He's a UFC fighter, but I've seen him just toy for like three minutes in the ring, just kind of you know evading the guy, running around. But here, I mean, you're strapped to a table. There's no way to avoid being smash in the face. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is, this is nonstop offense. Smart fighters also utilize defense, but at our table, we've had guys do arm bars. We've had guys get up on the table. We've had knockout by kicks around the table, and we've had pins that were executed in a way to take advantage of our rules so that somebody could win by scoring pins. So it's, re- it's, a, it's a little bit of mayhem meets almost like, if you watch carefully, it's a little more uh, chess than checkers. You actually have to be thinking, how do you arm wrestle at this and score points at the same time a guy or girl is potentially hitting you in the face or kicking you? Yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a novel concept to update one of the oldest sports in existence. I mean, the ancient Egyptians, you know, had hieroglyphics of them arm wrestling. And, and so, you know, it's about time arm wrestling got a reboot. So my next question here, Alan, is, so where'd you come up with this idea? I mean, were you watching arm wrestling on TV and you're like, you know, suddenly you realize this is kind of boring. I, I, I think this, this would be so much more interesting if two guys were bound by their wrist beating the hell the out of each other. Of, sorry, sorry, Dave. The truth of the matter is um, a few years ago on a, on a rainy winter day in Seattle with a colleague at a company that I was doing a lot of work with out of Seattle, we're walking down the street to lunch at the Fox Sports Grill. And... I made a comment to him that in an era of mixed martial arts and UFC, mm-hmm. how ridiculous and antiquated was arm wrestling. He turned, turned to me and he said, well, you know, why couldn't you punch the guy while you're arm wrestling? And I said back to him, well, if you could do that, why can't you kick the guy while you're arm wrestling? And, and like a lot of ideas that are sort of, uh, that sort of enter the, the air spontaneously, it happened over about 60 seconds. Within a few weeks, we had two fighters at a gym in the Pacific Northwest who were trying a very primitive version of what we were thinking about, and it was pretty cool. They liked it. We videotaped it, and that was sort of how we got started. So did you, did you have any other ideas that like, didn't pan out, like Extreme Connect Four or Extreme Hungry Hippos or anything <laughs> like that? <laughs> well, you know, at, one, at one point, we talked about doing it sort of like an extreme extreme celebrity arm wrestling but what happened was i came back to los angeles and met with a particular person who said hey this is a really cool idea he had had a background in sports um Mm. and a background in entertainment and media like me and he said you know there's two people i think you should meet he said i think he said i can set you up with hulk hogan wow and i and i said to him you know i um i literally had dinner with hulk hogan and his daughter in the last 60 days with regard to a project at Lionsgate Films. And he said, and the other guy is Art Davey. Art Davey was the guy, or is the guy, who created the UFC, who in 1993 came up with the idea, funded it, and ran it for the first five, six years. So I said, well, I'd like to meet this Art Davey guy. It seems like that's sort of where we want to go. And Art and I hit it off. Art looked at this, loved the rawness of this, and was able to draw on his deep sports experience. And he's also an ex-Marine, ex-boxer, you know, who's been you know, a devotee of combat sports forever. He said, I think we could really do something with this. And, and that's how X-Arm, as we know it today, started to be born. So how long has it been around? Uh, it's been around almost four years. We did sort of our proof of performance concept a few years back. 
we then kind of went back to the drawing board and said, how would we refine this? Frankly, we were, you know, we were slowed down by the fact that the economy entered major crater mode. Nobody wanted to spend any money. Nobody wanted to try anything new. And we came back to life about uh, a year ago in a big way, initially with the launch of a mobile game, mm. uh, which is called X-Arm Extreme Arm Wrestling. It's on for iPhones and Android phones. Mm. And that's in conjunction with Endemol USA. Endemol does Deal or No Deal, Big Brother, uh, Wipeout. They're our game partner. And that subsequently led us back to being in the event and video business partnered with Machinima, which is obviously a huge online network for gamers and, and lots of folks who would be interested in, in I, X-Arm. I think that's so how I found did, out about it was through uh, Machinima, I had a video, and it was on a blog that I go to. And I was like, I mean, at first, you know, I, honestly, I didn't think it was real. You know, it was like, I, I thought they, you know, it was like an, an onion type of thing, like someone was doing a parody at first. And then I was watching, I was like, wow, I am so amazed. I can't believe this is real. And then, um, th- then I saw the, the website, that's when I contacted you. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So, so we, it's, it's come in, in, in really the last year is, 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 is the time frame D where we put this into high gear, uh, had the resources to do what we wanted to do, and started recruiting athletes. Okay. So, um, so how, how many fighters do you have right now? Right now we have approximately 35 fighters who are active in X-Arm, you know, who we use for our events. I noticed that uh, I was looking at some of the bios on the fighters, and uh, you know they have a vi- they have a varied background, all sorts of mar- disciplines and martial arts. But when you watch a you know a, a fight itself, it seems like it's mainly just punching. So I mean, is there a strategy or a technique that a lot of these guys use? I mean, does jujitsu, like a master in jujitsu, would you have any benefit over some guy who's just a boxer? Um, here's the deal: the first time people do this, it's pretty much striking and swinging mayhem. Like slugfest. The second or third time they do it, they start figuring out ways to use the table, to use the fighting space, and use strategy. So you'll see a little less uncontrolled mayhem where the two competitors are just swinging at each other. And what you start seeing is they're using different moves. They're using different strategies. They're using grappling moves. They're not just striking each other. They're using submission moves. And they're using arm wrestling, and we've had more than a few bouts where the victor of those bouts was somebody who knew how to work arm wrestling into the mix to secure points. So um, we have a bunch of fighters mm-hmm. and managers who've built their own X-arm tables, taken it back to their local gyms so that they and others are now practicing X-arm. It's a really, I mean, D, what's cool is it's a very grassroots sport. We have taken tips from fans, we've taken guidance from fighters. We've got three amazing coaches who come out of, uh, two come out of mixed martial arts and grappling. Both of them fought for the UFC: Ted Williams and Cal Warsham. Mm. We've got probably the top arm wrestler in the history of arm wrestling out of Fort Wayne, Indiana, Cobra Rhodes, that, that, like Snoop Dogg. I've heard of that um, guy. And these guys, we put every fighter has gone through a minimum of one, if not two, three-day long boot camps where we are training them in skills, and the skills basically are grappling uh, and striking and arm wrestling. And I'm telling you, at the end of 72 hours of training, these guys not only get it and know what to do when they get home to rehearse, to practice, 
but you know, a lot of them have left pretty beat up. It's hard to do. You know, a few guys have not. A few guys have not made it through the boot camps. They just couldn't cut it. You know, I can imagine. I mean, just looking at uh, a couple of the fights that I saw, it's like you know, a couple of the guys' faces were pretty bloodied up. I mean, it looked like one dude's nose was like, you know, at a right angle to his face after the fight. <laughs> So Alan, yeah, we've had a few broken noses. So Alan, explain, uh, let's just explain how you know how the the, the 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 game actually works. So you have your your arm wrestling. You 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 have you start off arm wrestling, but you're tied together. You're tethered together by your wrists, and then you also said your your leg is locked in as well. Uh, you you at at your waist. You ha- you are wearing a harness connected to a D ring. So each fighter is hooked up to their, their side of the table. Okay, so you can't move back. So now, if I noticed in one of the, uh, the fights that I watched, if you immediately pin the guy just in arm wrestling, you win that round, right? Well, the, that, that was correct. And this is one of the places where our fans told us what they liked and didn't like. So with our next event, which took place 60 days later at the very end of the summer, a pin no longer ends around. A pin does cause two points to be subtracted from your opponent's 10 points when he starts the round. So you, you can gain points and you can win a round on points, but that was, we heard our audience loud and clear, we don't like that a pin can end a round. We think you're killing the action and too, frankly too you're rewarding guys who aren't fighting. Yeah. So we quickly responded and made a major change to pinning, including the fact that there's now a two different areas that relate to pinning zones. Your elbow has to be in a certain place, and when your arm goes down, it has to be in a certain place. And we call that, you know, it, there's a pin pad, and then there's a gotcha zone. So we, the, the trick here, D, has been how to integrate arm wrestling in a way that enhances this whole thing and doesn't detract from the fact that we got a high-octane sport. So your elbow can come off the table, though, right? No longer. Oh, yeah, no it longer. has to if be you, on the table you, the whole when time? You see, when you shortly see videos starting next, starting uh, the last Thursday of the month of September, you will see a fight where you will see a white zone where the elbow has to be when you go to execute a, a pin. And you'll see a red zone, a gotcha zone, where the, your opponent's hand has to be when you pin him. So you no more elbows up in the air, no more hands kind of hanging off the side of the table. A pin is clearly a pin. So what, well, okay, so then what happens if you just, you know, if a guy just lands a really hard blow and just knocks out the guy? I mean, does that, does that mean the round's done? Fight, fight, fight is over. So there's only, there's only three ways to end, there's only three ways a fight can end. Uh, one is that you are knocked out or you submit to the other fighter. Um, the other is you uh, win on points because you either control the action and or you generated the most pins mm-hmm. across the three rounds. Um, and pretty much, the, you know, other than being disqualified by, by fouls, it's pretty much in your hands to win the fight or it's going to be one of the three, the three judges' decision. Okay, so in the end. Uh, one, one thing I noticed, too, with a lot of the fighters, you, got, you have guys that are like 45 years old doing it. I, so is age not as much of a factor with uh, X-Arm? Okay, so I would, I would not contradict you, but direct you to the fact that all of our fighters from our recent events, uh, the average age is 23 and a half or 24 years old. Uh, there's only, there's a, from our original proof of performance, there were a couple of three guys in their 40s who were experienced combat fighters, but in of the 30-something fighters, as I was referring to earlier, D, um, our fighting age range is from 
18 and a half to mid 30s, but the average is actually just under 24 years old. Okay, so most so maybe it must have been some of the fighters. I I, I noticed a few of them were like uh, forty, forty two. I guess most of the guys are you know under thirty. Yeah, they're um, they're young. They're young, and a few of them, in fact, um, our our Machinima legal team had, had forced us to show proof that these guys actually were eighteen, that they weren't seventeen. <laughs> you're or not taking years children old. here. Um, <laughs> where, have you have you thought about possibly having a senior citizen division? You know, I'd like to have a senior citizens division because there's some old people I don't like. You know, and I'm thinking if I could, you know, connect both of them to the table and just have them beat the shit out of each other, it would make me feel good. Yeah, I wouldn't um, mind seeing that. So, you know, it'd make the old fine. age homes a little so more maybe interesting. You're right. I mean, do, do you have anybody you don't like who's really old? Um, you know, I'm not a big fan of Larry King. Or Regis oh, Philbin, for that matter. That'd be a good celebrity, like senior citizen match. Yeah, like maybe like Larry King against Joan Rivers. Okay, that might work. Actually, this brings me to my next point. You guys actually have a female league. There's female fighters. Yeah, we do. And we are, we're working right now with five female fighters. Uh, all of them have fought over the past 90 days, and they're tough as nails. Um, one of them uh, is 2-0 and and has pretty much brutalized her two opponents. That's Jennifer <laughs> Lee. Um She's broken one of their noses. Um, the the girls, you know, it, it's kind of like if you think of it, it's, it's always it's often been said that no guy could handle the pain of giving birth. Maybe that's true. Yeah, I've heard um, that before. I'm what not. we see is the girls are easily as tough as the guys. The girls are also pretty exhilarated by this. Even the girl who got her nose broken, I called her the following day on a Monday and said, "How are you doing, Lizette?" She said, "I'm great." I said, how are you doing great? Your face is beat up. Your nose is broken. She goes, it was exhilarating. I'm so excited. I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, now, these girls are tough. Which I don't think she is. Or the adrenaline of this sport and the demands of this sport are something you can be really proud of if you can pull it off. Yeah, no, the, I mean, these, these girls are, I mean, these, these are some tough girls. We're, we're going to post a video of uh, the Jennifer Lee-Christina Marks fight on ZiggerOnPodcast.com. Uh, we'll post it over there. But I was watching it, and the whole time I'm thinking, you know, one of the, both of them aren't like they're not unattractive, but I, I'm just scared of them. They frighten me. I, mean, I, I, I think, yeah, I don't, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to say something that would piss them off, which I probably would, and then I think just one punch, I'd be knocked out. Yeah, they kick your ass. They would both yeah. kick your ass really easily. I mean, and and what's great is Christina. She's a jock. I mean, she's a serious jock. She's a personal trainer. She's in in the NFL lingerie league. She is a serious jock. Jennifer Lee is a brawler, street fighter, you know, you know, crazy tough, um, can handle pain. Um, just as a little footnote, is an ex-drug dealer and an ex-prostitute, <laughs> young woman, and she, that's how she supported herself and her young child. So, um, you know, we got two girls who are quite different, um, you know, one approaching it as another athletic endeavor and one kind of fighting for her life, you know, and wants to make the money. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to mess with either one of them. But yeah, you, you know, we'll, we'll post this video. But I mean, the video was brutal. At, at one point, uh, you know, the uh, Jennifer had her her whole face was bloody, yet she still won the fight. It's it's remarkable. You, you'll have to we'll have to have to check it out. So so so, Alan, tell me. I mean, it's it's this is you know a very you know intense combat sport here. What, what's one of the worst injuries that you've seen? Um, we have, you know, we haven't had any devastating injuries. 
you know, so far we've no had arms being ripped off or anything. Three or four broken hands. Mm. We've had several broken noses. We've had a shoulder injury. Um, nothing that would cause you to think that wow, uh, that person is is on life support. Nothing close. But it, it, there's a lot of broken fingers, broken hands, broken noses. Yeah, I can see uh, and that. and a lot of pretty bruised faces. I mean, in our sport, the only really to me, the, the most devastating thing, and it might be more emotionally devastating than anything, is when you get knocked it out, out next arm, and you can see a few fights where this happens, you end up a dangler. And what that means is you're unconscious, and instead of hitting the ground, you're swinging from the side oh, of the table. You're harnessed like to the table. side of beef. <laughs> and and we, you know, we have a trademark phrase, don't be a dangler. Wow. Uh, because a dangler, in our mind, is the most embarrassing position in all of sports. Yeah, I can imagine. And it's on film, so it's like you're going to watch yourself just sitting there dangling unconscious. Yeah, you might as well go to the butcher and say, can I see a side of beef in, in, in your freezer? Because you know, that's what you look like, swing, just swinging in the breeze. How, how often uh, do you see knockouts at, at these fights? Uh, you know, it's varied. You know, it, it, it's, depending on our event, it's ranged from as high as... 35, 40% of the fights to as low as about 15, 20%. Um, there, you know, there's a number of fights where I thought the person was going to get knocked out, but they were so tough and so determined, um, they just wouldn't let it happen. Wow. I mean, you got to be. You a lot gotta of tough be. guys and girls. Yeah, I, gotta, that's a, I mean, you have to be tough to be able to do this. Um, so I noticed. Um, I, was, I think I was reading on your uh, on your site that I you have a reality show for XARM on YouTube. Yeah, so so our yeah, so through Machinima, you can watch our fights and you can watch our reality show. And our reality show is pretty interesting because what we decided was the that we were going to let people see really what goes on. So when fighters give a shit, you know, and we're behind closed doors mm. and they don't want to fight somebody or they don't want to fight for the amount of money they agreed to, we're filming all that stuff. When we've got a particular female fighter who propositions one of the executives of X-Arm, um, we've shot that. Um, <laughs> we we kind of feel that, you know, and I come out of a reality TV and talk show background, we kind of feel like it's gotten pretty uh, unauthentic. It's gotten pretty manipulated. Well, it's and staged. Contrived. A lot of it's so staged. All we want to do is show the shit that really occurs. And, it you know, some of it is, you know, you know, very you know, you know, nasty conflicts between fighters because they've got histories. Wow, you know, so even off the, of outside the, the ring. Pretty emotional stuff. So that's our reality series that accompanies our fights. Wow, no, it sounds, it sounds great. Uh, it's kind of, I mean, I guess it's kind of like, uh, the, like a, I guess a raw version of the UFC Ultimate Fighter show. Is it, is it similar to that? It, it is. It is in that, you know, you're really getting to know the characters um, we're going a little deeper. I mean, you get to know a guy who is, you know, a heralded and awarded very recent Afghan Afghan vet. You get to meet a, another guy who sleeps in dumpsters. Um, you, what we want want you to find out is all sorts of stuff about these folks that makes them real people, and you're going to either root for them or root against them, but you're going to get to know them. It's good. You you know you develop a connection with these guys. So, Alan, tell me how much like are there huge cash prizes? Like, uh, is there a big purse at the end of this? Like, how much are these guys getting paid to beat each other's faces in? 
Uh, D, that's very confidential, and it's obviously in the seven-figure zone. Everybody's a millionaire right now. Obviously, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, nobody's going to get rich at this stage of this sport, but they get paid pretty fair money for three minutes of fighting. Let's put it this way. They're making decent money on a permanent basis, quite good money. How many uh, fights do they usually do? Uh, we usually do about a dozen in an event. So in, in one event, it'll be about 12 fights, and then uh-huh. a couple of them are female, and most of them are male, I take it? Yeah, we, we, we've been doing 10 or 11 guy fights, one or two girl fights. Um, the girl fights are really resonating, so we're pretty actively looking for female uh, fighters. I mean, do they um, contact you usually? They come to you? Um, it's been a mixture. Uh, you know, of the five who we're currently working with, we sought out three and two came to us. We expanded from two female fighters to five female fighters across you know, a period of just a few months. Uh, and it, you know, I think it's like ultimate female empowerment. If you're a woman and you think you could do anything a guy can do, well, step up to the table. This would be Come the place to show it. that. So I was talking to her real, real, real quick. I have a couple more points to make here, but I was talking to your PR person, Daniela, who, um, who contacted me about, uh, and put me in touch with you. She mentioned that you guys are working on an XR movie. We have a movie offer and the movie offer is a pretty wild and crazy gonzo script. I, I should say the offer is built around a script that involves a maniacal guy who lives somewhere in Asia, who mm. uh, is obsessed with X-Arm and has sort of, and if, if you can believe it, since X-Arm is a sport on steroids to begin with, he takes it up about 10 notches. We're considering doing it. It's from a major company okay. that, uh, that is valued in the several billion dollars a year of value. Um, we're not sure we're going to do it. We're thinking about it. A lot has to do with casting. You know, a lot has to do mm. with timing. It may be it's more in our interest to do the movie two years down the road than today. All right. Well, before you uh, sign any deals, let me give you a counter offer here. I yeah. was thinking about that. I was thinking about it. I got, I got an idea, a golden idea for you, Alan. So let me pitch this here. I, I, I mean, we would even, me, me, me and my co-host would even write the screenplay. Do you remember the movie from the 80s, Over the Top? Of course. So what about Over the Top 2, but now with extreme arm wrestling? Think about it. Uh, Think, do, Stallone, do, we have, do we have to have Sylvester Stallone do it? I, I, yeah, Stallone might not be into it, but you know who probably would? You could have the story about his kid, because his kid's probably like my age now, probably late 30s. You know, you could have him be like a washed-up trucker. He's got to make some money. He's got to be in the tournament. I think, you know, the script writes itself. Okay, you know, um, since we don't know each other well, I I will risk being impolite. Um, We're going to pass on that offer. Thank you very much for asking. (laughs) Uh, It's it's really generous of you to have come up with something that was amazingly uniquely creative, a spinoff of that over-the-top movie. But uh, we're just going to have to pass for for today. (laughs) But but the door is always open, D. He can even wear the trucker hat and can spin it around. Think about it. Oh, man. Well, if that's the case, then then it's still (laughs) enough. Yeah, that movie. Yeah, I got to watch that again. It's been years. It's been years. But it was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Um, And I think it's the only arm wrestling movie they ever made. I'll stop my head. I don't know. So anyway, Alan, uh, thanks for being on the show, man. And let me plug uh, the X-Arm website and any upcoming fights that you guys might have. It's, so it's uh, www.xarm.com. 
And uh, you can go over there, and you got links to your Facebook page, your Twitter, your YouTube, all the YouTube videos? Correct. Okay. And, and, to, I, our, and to our mobile game. And the mobile game, right from the website, too. Okay. And so um, uh, you guys have a Facebook page, XARM Sports League? Correct. And two Twitter And, and we have two accounts. Twitter pages, one for XARM and one for XARM Girls. Okay, so, so there you go, people. Just go to xarm.com, and you can uh, sign up for the Facebook page. You can also uh, follow uh, XARM on uh, Twitter. And I imagine from Twitter or Facebook, you can find out about any upcoming fights. It, abs- absolutely. We, we're posting regularly and pushing out messages all the time. So um, you can, we'd, love you to be, we'd love your fans, D, to be part of our fan base, too. Yeah, I think our fans would uh, would love to check out X Arm Wrestling. I mean, it, it, it seems like seems like X Arm's definitely something that uh, that our fans would enjoy watching. Um, do are there any upcoming uh, tournaments or fights like in the next few months? We we have a tentative schedule set as shown on our website, but it's a little bit fluid right now because we're actually considering some alternative offers that are pretty interesting. Um, and we'll have to make a decision soon as to how we want to go. But but I think everybody should be on alert for a series of events coming up, certainly over the next few months. Uh, and uh, we're excited to keep building this. And D, what I would demand of you is our next event, you need to be present so that your next story on X-Arm is your firsthand, in-person, up-close experience seeing this all happen. Because when you're up close, what we've seen from the last event we did at several thousand people in, in the stands is that literally nobody can turn their head away. Yeah, I mean, I would be enthralled. I, I would be honored to be there. I'd love to check it out. Yeah, that would be great. And you have, you have a, a, our welcome pass. You're invited to, to whenever you want to show up. Wow, I appreciate that, Alan. I'll, I'll definitely keep in touch for you. Real quick before I get out of here. Who would win, hypothetically speaking, in an X-Arm fight, Mitt Romney or Barack Obama? We almost built that into our, into our mobile game, but here's what I think. I think Barack Obama would win. He, he's a Reach. little more fit, a little bit younger. Um, I think he might hang in there in the third round when they're both not looking real pretty and you've got to tough it out. I think he might tough it out in that final round a, l- a little better than Mitt Romney. I was going to put my money on Obama, too. All right. Well, Alan, thanks for being on the show. It was nice talking to you. It was good learning about XARM. And we're going to put up links to the website on our website as well when we post that's, the show. That's great. Hey, Dee, thank you so much. Pleasure to talk to you as well. All right. Take care, man. You too. Have a great night. Bye-bye. Um, you didn't get to take part in that interview because I pre-recorded it. You're busy. And I was I was at work. You were like you did it during like business hours. You know, sometimes uh, sometimes it kind of works out like that because the guys are busier. They're on this guy was on. Uh, actually, this guy was on the West Coast, but I don't know. Yeah. The only time well, he could do he, it. I mean, Friday it's a job for him. He's promoting his thing. Yeah, but it, it didn't work out that the two of us could do it. I don't take my work home with me, bro. But anyway, I, I don't even know what his voice sounded like, but that's what I imagined it sounded like. He wasn't too indie or uh, over the top movie idea, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, I I was a little surprised by that. He wasn't very enthused whatsoever by my over the top sequel. You know, I still think it sounds pretty good. I, if you ask me, I think Alan's got something personal against uh, Stallone. You know. <laughs> 
well, maybe he thought that, you know, the whole movie reflected badly on the world of arm wrestling, and, and he, this guy's going to try and, like, burnish the image once again. You know, I bet you that's what it is. I bet you it's like it's... He's like, I'm going to keep X arm and anything I do as far as away from as far as away as possible from cheesy 80s movies. Can't say I blame <laughs> him, you know. What but, he should do is get a blimp like uh, Jim McMahon had with the uh, XFL and then crash it into 880, the 880 <laughs> freeway. Remember that? That was awesome. Was, it, was that a promotional stunt? What actually happened with that? <laughs> I have heard people say that they thought it was like staged, but I mean, come on, you're really going to crash a blimp into, the, into the highway? Yeah, I don't know. I remember Boom King was a really big fan of the San Francisco Demons, which was he, the San Francisco. He was the only person I've XFL ever seen team. wear any kind of the, their clothing. You know, he had a hat mm -hmm. that was given to him for free, and he wore it all the time. <laughs> yeah, the fact that it was free is probably has more to do with why you wore it all the time rather than him being really into the team. So I gotta say, I would rather if I, I mean, if I was a badass and not just a lame podcaster voicey i would rather do x arm than ufc because at least you're not being buggered in x arm i mean there's no way for the guy to like i mean that, that's what i hate about the ufc it's like not all the fights but it's rare to see a fight that just is like the two guys standing up and like kicks him with some crazy karate chop and knocks him out usually it ends up with a submission and they're buggering each other rolling around on the ground for like three minutes and it's just it's boring whereas like that's um, jeffrey's favorite part though it is Jeffrey's favorite part. <laughs> Jeff usually puts it on like pause and he like mm -hmm. rewinds a little bit, pause, rewinds a little bit. Okay, all right, beneath the ball shot, pause. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I mean it's it's a three minute thing. This is this is faster. It's one minute rounds. It's, it's far more brutal. There's no jujitsu wrestling anything like that. You know. I like. Are it. they wearing? Are they wearing like a one of those lightweight boxing gloves? On the pun on the punching hand on the punching hand. <laughs> yeah, well, their hands are tethered. You know, people, you can go uh, as uh, Alan mentioned. You can go to xarm dot com. They have a ton of videos up there, and uh, you see they they do have like a slight slight glove on. Like it's not like a full on boxing glove, but it's like a I don't know what it like is. a UFC glove. Yeah, like a UFC type of glove. And uh, and I'm sure there's I mean, a name for that, but I don't know. I could care less. But it's 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 a violent sport. It's brutal. We're gonna post we're gonna post a video of the two chicks. I don't remember that Christina and Jessica or something. This one girl like just pounds the hell out of this other one. Um, but yeah, it's interesting to watch. Would you would you ever be able to date a girl that does something like that? Like if that's her hobby, mm, it's not a deal breaker. I mean, I'd I'd be worried that her face would get all fucked up. Yeah, but I, but what if she's just a really cool chick? And uh, that's her thing. Like that's what she does. And she, I mean, she wears like a face guard or whatever. But She's, oh, then I don't care at all. Yeah, but what if she like gets really? But these girls, if you watch the video, these girls aren't wearing face cards. Well, what if she gets really drunk, and that's the way, like you know, she wants to settle this dispute that you guys are having about the toilet seat? Uh, might be fun. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we should go check out a fight. He said that there's one coming up uh, not too far from L.A. So maybe if you're in town, we'll make a road trip to go check out some X arm action. Look, D, I've been down, I was down there once this year. Don't, don't push your luck. <laughs> we're not we're not hanging out any any more than that. People, go check out xarm.com. Uh, we got a few phone calls here. The Sick and Wrong Hotline two zero six 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 three eight four six. Before we get to that, here's a word from our beloved sponsor, AdamandEve.com. It's Butt Plug Month on AdamandEve.com. 
Show that you still care by bringing something new into the bedroom. And by something new, I mean a butt plug. Because if you order right now and use coupon code DIDDLE, you get 50% off your first item, a gift so sensual I can't even tell you about it on this podcast that talks about murder and bukkake, and on top of all of that, free shipping. Support Sick and Wrong by supporting our sponsor, adamandeve.com, and making a purchase with coupon code DIDDLE. That's D-I-D-D-L-E. All right, people, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846. You know, Wackerly, I don't remember the last time we did thought experiments. When was it? Oh, I don't remember either. <laughs> Not too long ago. <laughs> it Past hasn't been four that. shows. Probably, yeah, maybe a month ago. Well, we, ha- we, well, we haven't done for a while. We did Is That Gay with Ryan Keeley, right? Or with Poppy. I think we did Is That Gay. Oh, maybe with Poppy. We haven't done My Two Cents <laughs> in a while. Exactly, yes. Yeah, that's a, you know, people, give us a call. Call the Sick Around Highline. Give us some My Two Cents questions. Yeah, I feel like giving out some general advice, not... Not like specific homosexuality advice. Yeah, just general advice about something you need to know. Just so you know, like ask where us. do you, do you put your milk in the door of your refrigerator or on the inside part? And, and furthermore, I mean, it's we're probably you know a few years older than most of our listeners, and you know we we're have like a lot of experience. Statesmen. Yeah, we have a lot of experience. You know, as podcasters for you know elder podcasters, we've been doing this for a while. I think we we have expert opinions on certain subjects. I don't want to really talk about podcasting. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying it's like we have a very wide range of knowledge about subjects. So if, if people, if, you, if you're wondering something, you want some advice, just give us a call. We don't mind. How do you uh, avoid all those women trying to get in your pants because of your podcast? <laughs> well, it's hard. <laughs> but uh, I have a big stick that I carry around. I just beat them back. That's a tough question. It really is. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this week we're going to be doing a thought experiment, so let's roll that theme music. Second row, thought experiment. So the first uh, thought experiment is kind of like a, a, a like horror movie scenario here. Like it reminded me of like the Saw movies. So let's, let's get this going. Hey there, fuckers. This is G.I. Jojo calling in with a thought experiment for you guys. So a little bit of a Saw-type scenario. You're in a room, strapped to a chair, very securely, and uh, all four walls are complete floor-to-ceiling mirrors. You're told that your that your opposite number, the D, Lance, whatever. You're both in rooms like this, and uh, there's a hammer poised directly over your exposed genitals, <laughs> and a button on the arm of the chair. Are you sure this is a thought experiment or this guy's wet dream? Oh no, probably. I think the line between the two is quite blurred. Well, is he is he an S or an M? Does he want to be like the guy watching, or does he want to be the guy getting his balls smashed? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he wants just to watch us get our balls smashed. Anyway. When I said before that I want a girl with a friend that might like knock me around, I didn't mean like take a hammer to my nuts. <laughs> You're told that you have a couple of different options. You can either push the button, or you cannot push the button. And after. Four days in this room without food or water, if you choose not to push the button, you'll be released. 
if you do choose to push the button, there's one of three outcomes. You can push the button and either you will get hit in the dick with the hammer, D or Lance, whoever's in the opposite room, will be hitting the dick with the hammer in their room, or you will immediately be released. You're presented with the option to push the button, uh, Scott, once every hour for you know, five minutes. You can hit it as many times as you want. And uh, the other person has the same exact options as you. So question is, would you hit the button? If so, how many times would you hit it? Or would you wait? And if you would wait, how long would you wait? Anyway, keep it wrong, motherfuckers. I'm out. Hmm. This is interesting. Why would you hit the button multiple times? Because every time you get a one, you get a one, well, third, you get one third chance of getting out, and you get a one third chance of hitting you in the dick with the hammer, or or a third chance of hitting your the other person in the dick. So how many times would you hit the? Well, button? no, when I said hitting you in the dick with a hammer, I meant you, as in <laughs> D. Simon would get hit in the dick with a hammer if I push the button, or if if I did, you would. So hmm, or you could wait four days without water or or uh, food. And then just leave. I, can you? Can the human body last four days without water? Yeah, of course. Where, how long does it usually take till you you die from dehydration? Is that a couple weeks? Maybe a week. A week. So probably twice. Twi- you know, eight days as opposed to four days. You can, plus you're gonna you're gonna be sitting in your own shits. Remember that and piss all over the place. You would be sitting. You, you'll in your... stop. You'll stop pissing after like the first day because you'll be dehydrated. But you'll be sitting you're in your own At least pants. void your bowels once. <laughs> what if you ate a big Taco Bell meal right before you got kidnapped and knocked out and woke up in the room? And you just had a huge burrito. You know, I don't know. I mean, it, it sounds like... I mean, the way he's making me sound... Is the, the way he's kind of describing it, the way I'm envisioning it, it's like your balls are on like a wooden slab chair and the thing just like smashes down on your nuts. Like, the nut is going to be gone, yeah. basically. It's not coming back. It's not just going to be bruised. It's going to be, like, damaged, beyond, and you're going to have to go to the emergency room once you get out, and they're going to remove it, and you're going to be, like, Lance Armstrong. I don't know if it's worth it for me to take the risk of just go, or just going four days without, uh, and then be released. You're going to be released in four days. I mean, that four days would suck. You'd probably lose some weight. Probably have to be... Um, you're hydrated when you go to a hospital for a little bit. Sure. But at least you don't have a busted nut. You True. don't need a nudicle. I mean, I guess the thing is that you don't, you know, obviously there's a third chance that you're probably going to be fine. But would you... There's a two-thirds chance Two-thirds you're chance you're going to be fine. Yeah, two-thirds chance you're going to be fine because two of the outcomes would be favorable for you or unfavorable for you or for the other guy. If you're the thing is, if you're gonna take the chance, if you're gonna say, hey, I'm going to hit the button, you might as well do it as soon as possible and keep doing it. Just right from the get-go? Yeah. You don't want to, like, wait two days and then start doing it, because then, you you know what I mean? You're like, you've lost a bunch of your chances to roll the dice and get out. Uh, well, you haven't you know, lost your not, chances. Little, you still have two more days, but I guess you've you've spent two days sitting in your own shit and piss. Yeah, right. If you're going to get... I think... If you're going to gamble, you might as well start gambling as soon as possible. I just don't think it's necessary to gamble if it's only four days. Like, my ball's worth more than that. Even though there's a two-thirds chance. I think I, it, I just, I just, I know what you're saying, but I just cannot 
sit still for four days. So you would take <laughs> I, the I, chance. I hate, this is why I hate, I hate going out to dinner when people want to. Um, let me put it this way: you know how everybody always goes to Europe. Americans always go to Europe, not necessarily the UK, but they go to like France or Italy Germany or Spain. Or and what do they? Yeah. What does everybody always say? Sitting at a cafe. Oh my god, it's so great. You know, we just you go to dinner there and you just like sit there for four hours because in their culture they're just not in a hurry and you just relax and have the meal and they're always talking about it like it's so great and I'm like having a panic attack because I'm like if you make me sit in a restaurant for four hours in the same chair I'm gonna lose my shit and create an inter- international incident. But what about a mirrored room by yourself? <laughs> exactly, naked, strapped to a chair. You don't have to talk. To, you don't have to talk to anybody else. There's no like True, social situation. Better. You're There's not no stuck booze, there though. with your wife. There's no booze, though. Yeah, if there's booze in this, then make the four days a lot easier. Oh, shit. If there's, boo- if there's booze in a TV, <laughs> I'm going to be like, finally, some fucking peace and quiet. I don't know. I just, I guess for me, I wouldn't push the button because I would just, I don't want to take the risk of losing one of my nuts. I think it would suck. What if you fall asleep and your finger accidentally pushes the button? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't care about your nuts. And then I just hear, like, from the next room, oh! <laughs> sorry. And I mean, then you're going to push it because you think you're going to get back at me, but maybe the hammer hits you in the nuts again. And you're like, Arr! Now, if it was just, like, an electrical shock hooked up to your testicles, oh, I'd be pressing the fuck out of that thing. Yeah, I could take an electrical shock. Yeah, I mean, same, same with me. I just don't want to have to have I a don't crush have my nut. Smash. So for me, I guess I, I would wait the four days, but it would be... It would just be uh, just it'd, uh, it'd be terrible. It'd be arduous. I mean, think about that. Four days strapped to a chair. Can you think about like what if I were to think about um I don't know <laughs> like Judge Judy's vagina, <laughs> and I were to get my testicles to shrink up into my body and like pull them away from the hammer. I'm I'm, you know I mean? I'm thinking that the your <clears throat> your nuts are kind of like thumbtacked down to the chair, so they're spread well, fuck, out. There's nothing you can do. Down. You but know? I'm already in nut pain. Maybe that. Maybe in that case, I will. Yeah, but your your scrotal tissue is just kind of like pinned or maybe clamped, so it hurts a little bit, but it's spread out. But you can't just like suck your nuts into your body. Well, what if I think of like Nancy Grace's vagina and I pull and they pull really hard back up into my body and I can like the pins come out. <laughs> I don't know the thought of Nancy Grace's vagina versus the thought of my a hammer smashing my nuts. I think of the latter almost sounds a little more attractive. Right. I maybe I mean I don't maybe I don't know it because I've never been in the situation, but maybe I'm like the MacGyver of you know manipulation of my own nutsack. I don't know. I'm going to go the uh, wait the four day route because I like my balls. Can you imagine that though? Like, you know, the scene, it's like one of those MacGyver montages and like the music's playing and you see me like a thought bubble and then like, Nancy Grace's vagina's in the thought bubble and then it like pans down and the MacGyver music's and going and my nuts like slowly retract and pull the pins out. <laughs> it's almost like an X-Man ability. Right. Like that, that's your mutant ability. You've adapted to be able to do that, to like escape yeah. certain scenarios. They call me Turtle Nut Man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, here's the second thought experiment. This comes all the way from the land of Oz. Hey, D and Lamp. Oh, my bad. Well, I got a thought experiment <laughs> for you guys. Let's say there's a wizard who pops out and says, Boom, I'm going to turn you into a woman. But you got two choices. He can turn you into a hot 
What a lame wizard. Just like you're what just... if I just kick the fucking wizard in the face and be like, fuck you? Yeah, but what fucking the fuck wizard. kind of wizard is this? Like, I'm going to make you a, a woman? Like, sorry, you're now... It's like the, the... Yeah, like the tranny wizard or something? He's the perviest wizard in the land. It's like fucking... What a lame-ass wizard. Sure. You'd be like a nine of the ten scale. So you basically look like a, like a model. You'd be a pretty darn hot shit. And you could eat or eat like shit, eat potato chips all day. You could just drink all the time like you guys do. You know, and you never have to worry about your weight. You always feel good, always feel healthy. But you got the worst vagina ever. You get a painful period. Uh, you're just getting cramps and shit all the time. <laughs> when you're PMSing, you just turn into a real bitch. Uh, that, every two months, you get a yeast infection. And if you want to have an orgasm, you really got to try for it. You have to have, like, five Hitachi magic wands grinding on you while someone's peeing on your face or something like that. You have to work for it if you want an orgasm. Peeing on my face? Or the wizard What kind of girl do you think I am? I got to say, this, this sound, the girl he's describing sounds like my th- last three girlfriends I've had. I would uh, concur. <laughs> really fat chick. You'd be like a three out of ten. You'd always be three? at least 100 pounds <laughs> overweight, and that's if you really like diet and exercise all the time. How Otherwise, tall am you'd I? you turn into a fat tan beast and you'd be bedridden if hmm. you ate normally. But you have the world's best vagina. Uh, you get the painless periods. You never have any sort of yeast infections or any problems. You're just always healthiest, cleanest vagina. And you have the best, most intense squirting orgasms ever. I mean, you can just deal with yourself all day and just have the time of your life. But you're always an ugly fat chick. So you have to choose one or the other. I want to hear what each of you guys say. And uh, try not to turn into a, is that gay? Try not to turn into a is that gay question. All right. Bye. Hmm. First of all, I believe... Hmm. The problems with the period stem from the uterus, <laughs> right? That's what cramps it, up. I don't know if it's just the uterus. I think a lot of girls have like uh, it's a hormonal thing. Like it affects their whole bodies, right? But the cramping is the uterus. The cr- yeah, I think the cramping is the uterus part of the vagina, or is it a completely separate thing? Nah, it's like it's like under the the term for the whole thing. The vagina is the whole thing. The fallopian tubes. The Whatever's at the end of the fallopian tube. What's at the end of the fallopian tube? The ovary. (laughs) The ovaries, the fallopian tube, the uterus, the the cervix, all of it. Yeah. It's it's all vagina. So either you're a beautiful, beautiful woman, model hot chick with a shitty vagina that just requires a lot of maintenance that sucks. You don't ever get off. To get off, to get an orgasm, you really have to work for it, which sucks. Or you could be a fat, ugly chick. With just a vagina that's like you just touch and you have like crazy multiple orgasms. But let's be clear here because this makes a big difference. We're not talking about when – when he says a shitty vagina, he's not talking about a blue waffle that disgusts men. From the men that you're going to be fucking, from their point of view, your vagina's fine. No, it's not like a deep dish pizza from Pizza Hut or something. It's like, no, this is like... Other than other know. than the fact that they can never get you to orgasm because of your shitty vagina, they're not, like, grossed out by it. It doesn't smell... No, no, no. He didn't, well, the, unless you're having a yeast infection. Well, the, okay, fine. But Every the couple other months, times, though. It doesn't look like biscuits and gravy. It doesn't look like a pastrami sandwich, you know, hanging out, labia... Um, which some guys are into, but no, I mean, you have a, you have a, a still, it's, it's a normal looking vagina. It's just internally, it sucks for you because you have right. to deal with all these feminine problems all the time and mm-hmm. you're, it's difficult for you to orgasm, but you're a beautiful, 
woman and you get all the benefits of being an attractive person in a society where that seems to be one of the most crucial things. Everyone's in a while about it, it prolapses. Yeah. But I mean, if you think about it, you know, it's a, we live in this superficial society and it's like you're a beautiful woman. You get just has its advantages over an ugly fat chick. I mean, fat chicks just have fat chicks have it hard. Even worse they than do. fat dudes. Well, not, yeah, almost worse than fat dudes. Way worse than fat dudes. Because a fat dude could still be, you know, you could be a trust fund kid and be a big fat ass and you'll still get laid. Well, I think there's a, not a lot, but a significant portion of women who are like into fat. There's way more women who are chubby chasers than guys who are chubby chasers. I mean, there's guys that don't mind like a, but this, this woman isn't just fat. She's ugly too. Like she's like not an True. attractive fat girl. Like there's a fat girl that is thick, but she's got a pretty face. I mean, there's a lot of guys that'd be like, ah, I like a big thick girl like that. But if you have an, an, a hideous looking face Bad and you, you have like, you know, the body of a hippo. Yeah. It's going to be, life's going to be hard. Life's going to suck for you. I mean, I guess you could masturbate a lot and have an awesome orgasms. Eat food. Enjoy that. Well, that's the beauty of being the hot chick, too, if you think about it. So she gets whatever she wants because she's beautiful. And guys are going to bend over backwards, give her a gift. She's going to live this privileged life. But it sounds like this she's hot girl, She's not going to be beautiful too, forever, though. Remember that. It too. sounds she's like it, old. but well, she's going to get old. But it's, he was saying you can eat whatever you want. You never, you never have to exercise because your body just metabolizes it. I sure, didn't know he said age that. age is going to you know, turn you into Anna, Anna, Anna Wintour is... Well, Skinny, when you're like, but she's disgusting nonetheless. Yeah, when you're like 90, but you look at a woman like Elle McPherson, you'd still hit that. Of course. Elle McPherson's like, what, late 40s? Cindy Crawford. She still so looks really uh, good. What's the German one? Uh, Heidi Klum. Look yeah. at her. Beautiful. I mean, she's older, banging her gardener. But yeah, you know, but, but even better, the, the worst thing about, like, if this guy was saying you couldn't eat any, you had to eat like two carrots a day. Which just makes you into like a no you know, no 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 no. He said he said even if you ate two carrots a day, you're never going to get skinnies. You might as well eat a bunch of shit because who cares at that point? Well, that's for the fat chick. But I'm just right. saying the hot chick. I mean, if he changed it a little bit, saying you could be a beautiful hot chick, but you had to like do the rigors of having a you know a model super. Well, I'm not going to pick like the hot regimen. chick anyways. If that's where you're going with this. Well, no, <laughs> I would pick the hot chick. I wouldn't. I would. Why wouldn't you pick the hot chick? Because I don't even want a healthy vagina. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a nightmare even if it's good it's bad like it's constantly like requires all this maintenance and you gotta go fucking meet this doctor who's gonna shove his hands up in there and you just gotta make small talk well, um, I can't wait till you get a prostate exam I know but that's later <laughs> I don't have to worry about that now these girls have to deal with it their entire life dude I with shoving I tampons in there and oh it's heavy flow I better put a tampon and a maxi pad oh shit there's blood all over my underpants anyways I I I uh, didn't put the tampon in in time. Yeah, while you're sitting there in your mansion in Aruba, you're out in the you, wo- you're out in the woods. You got to pee. You're like, God damn it! I can't. What am I gonna do? I got to like grab onto this tree, and it's still spraying all over the back of my legs. You can have twenty orgasms in a row because you have a vagina. No, but not if you're the hot chick. He said she has well, a really hard chick, time having an yeah. orgasm. But I think with a hot girl like that, eventually it's just like, and a lot of women are like that. You can just like, sex doesn't really matter. I don't really care. Sex is a means to an end for me. And I think that's what you become. You become hardened by that. So really, all you really care you about. You hardened because your vagina's irritated all the time. Well, like, you're what do we, irritated What do we say the about time? the Muslims? Dude, they have this hot vagina. chick, think about it. This hot chick 
can do whatever she wants. She probably is married to a sheik who has millions of dollars. So you get to live this privileged life. And yeah, okay, your vagina sucks. So I guess you're going to have to forsake sex. You know, maybe you have an orgasm every now and then. <laughs> you're, not, you're not listening to everything he said. You can do everything you want, but you're constantly like bitchy and just in a terrible mood. And like you don't even want to leave the house because you have bad cramps. All, hot, all women are like that anyway, for the most part. Well, think every about girl it. during their period. If, if a normal girl is like that, think about like this the, the scenario we're talking about. I don't know. I mean, I've, I've dated, I think I'd be, uh, be the fat chick with a healthy vagina. I'd feel pretty good all the time, and I would just live life. And you know, maybe I'd become a lesbian. Yeah, but that all right now that doesn't count. Why not? That does not count. I just Lesbianism doesn't flip count. The tables, dude. On you, you. can't. I'm do gonna that. get a hot if, lesbian girlfriend, and she's yeah, gonna give me orgasm after orgasm. But that's what I'm saying. It's like lesbians are chubby chasers. There's certain lesbians that are really into big fat girls. So that does not count. That does not count at all. Because then I'd rather be the fat, anything. ugly chick. Well, you you already chose. I would you're be the, be the, the unha- lesbian situation. You're be the unhappy, bitchy, hot chick that's Wealthy dating some chick like, Greek dude. to drive a Lambo. With a yacht. <laughs> but you're just going to constantly be miserable. And I'm going to be having the time of my life, you know. With my face buried in some hot lesbian's bush, while her well, face is buried in mine, and you could have multi multiple orgasms right. because you're you know you have this magic vagina. I would okay if there's a lesbian involved, I'd rather go that route. But if it's just a regular fat chick and you got to deal with the asshole dude at the at the bar that's drunk enough to stick his dick in you, and then maybe like you you know he's really into piss, so you got to deal with him pissing on your face so I'm that not, he'll buy you breakfast next morning. I'm not going to be one morning. of those fat girls who just does everything for love. I'm turning you to food. See how I'm going to be one of those fat are. girls who turns to food for love substitute. Okay? You're going to be, you know what, you're going to be that bus driver from South Park. Just fat, driving the bus and just angry. Leaves in my can... hair and fucking shit like that. Is that the one? Probably. People, call the Sigurong Hotline, 206-666-3846. Give us your thought experiments. Give us your My Two Cents questions. If you're wondering about your sexuality, call us with the exact gay segments. Um, 206-666-3846 is the number. We got time for uh, one email here I'm going to get through real quick. Comes in from a guy named Big Bad Bob from Glasgow, Scotland. He goes, hey guys, I've been listening to episode 340. Another gem. You'd be perfectly safe in Scotland, particularly in a kilt. Ah, uh, the freedom of the boss. The boss. That's what they call the balls there. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd let you you know how my weekend went. I was meeting a mate up tune for a few beers. I like how he's writing in the Scottish inflection. Like he his 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 language here. Right. His prose. His prose is in the Scottish inflection. So I'm gonna to try to read this, but I can't do the Scottish voice. I'm just gonna to try to read just it do like it you straight, wrote it. Phonetically. I was meeting a made up tune for a few beers, so I thought I'd better get a few beers in beforehand, as you do. I'd had five or six when he texted and asked if I fancied going to a new karaoke bar that just opened up on Bath Street. He put I a weed. Love, I would love to go to a Scottish karaoke bar. How that amazing would, would that be? How amazing would that be? He put a wee winky face smiley at the end. Is that what those are called? I always call them emoticons, but they're actually wee winky face smileys. Uh huh. I didn't know that. I couldn't believe there's a karaoke would, bar. Would you ever send your dude friend a, a wee winky face smiley? Maybe if you wore a dress. <laughs> I, have a, I have an amazing <laughs> vagina, by the way. Let me show it to you. Yeah, but in Scotland, even the guys wear dresses, so. Um, skirts. 
My bad. Yeah. I couldn't believe there's a karaoke bar in tune. I texted him back and said, I'd be a bit too embarrassed to get up and do that kind of thing, particularly if there was a big crowd, as I've never done that in front of a big crowd before. I normally just do that in the shower, you know. He told me to get a few beers in me, and he'd get up with me. I really didn't think he was into that sort of stuff, but fair play to him. Is this an is that gay question? <laughs> no, could be almost. So I had another couple pints, met him at the karaoke bar. I'd had about nine by now, nine pints, which is probably just, you know, like the equivalent of us having, I don't know, 30 beers, nine yeah. pints for a Scotsman. I bet nine pints for a Scotsman, actually. I bet you that's nothing. So it was starting to feel the effects. Inside, an announcer came on, said the show would start in 15 minutes, so anyone who wanted to perform on stage should prepare themselves. I couldn't believe it. It was really happening. So I had another beer and asked my mate if he was definitely up for it. He was. I told him I was good to go already as I'd been thinking about it all night and I'd be getting up right at the start. I had a semi already. The first lassie comes out and she's fit, but she's in a wheelchair. Through the beer haze, it actually seemed perfectly logical to me as it, as it meant she was sitting down already. So he, was in, he had a beer haze here. It seemed logical because she was sitting down. So it was probably just a prop wheelchair. This guy must have been really, really drunk. She got to the front of the stage, and everyone cheered, and I said to my mate, I can't believe this. This is so cool. I'm going to go up first. He gave me a funny look. I didn't notice. I already had my cock out and was rushing the stage. It had been a while since I had any action, so I blew an impressive load right in her face. She turned to face me and opened her gob real wide as if she was about to say something, so it got in there too. Magic. Then I realized that no one else had followed me up, and the place had gone pin drop quiet. I could just make out the back of my mate as he disappeared out the door past the bouncers who were rushing towards the stage. The lassie had an eye glued shut and her mouth was still hanging wide open. Turns out I was thinking bukkake. Yeah. Karaoke is something else entirely. Dude. I <laughs> seriously had to lose my whole fucking thing. I thought it was strange that they'd open a bukkake bar in Glasgow. Uh-huh. Case comes up next week, so if you if you hear from me again, I'll be in Barlini. I might dye my hair orange and go for the insanity plea. Keep up the good work. See you for a pint when you finally tour Scotland. Cheers, Big Bad Bob. You know, at first, I, when I first read this, I was like, I call shenanigans. That's such bullshit. But dude, I could Fabrics. see that happening in Scotland. I don't yeah. know, man. Those guys, those guys no. drink an extraordinary amount of booze. True. And what's what what happens to you when you drink an extraordinary amount of booze? You can't you never know. Come. Some, some guys can. Some guys can get it up. Not in front of a bunch of people in a crowded room. He didn't I, walk you know, up and blow his load in the wheelchair chick's face. It sounds like, I mean, what if he popped a Viagra or something? It sounds like he was wearing his, his skirt, and he pulls up his skirt, has got his boner, shoots it on stage. I'm just saying it's definitely, like, it's, it's obviously a fabricated story, but yeah. it's within the realm of possibility in Scotland. Like if someone mm, told me it happened, I think it needs a little bit of a rewrite. <laughs> I don't know. I could there see was it a happening. lull in the middle where he was losing me. Which part when he was talking about the wheelchair? I think so. Why that the girl was in a wheelchair? You wouldn't blow your load on a girl in a wheelchair, even if she's fit. I would. I'm just saying it was it was lagging. He needs to punch it up. <laughs> Let's get some Jewish joke writers in here and rework it. <laughs> Yeah, I did, very hard I did to like I did Big like Bad the Bob. foreshadowing when he said he was in the I only do that in the shower and you're thinking oh because he sings in the shower but the back of your mind you're like oh or is he t- I, he's talking about masturbating in the shower I get it now 
No, it, it's funny because I was reading it, and and obviously I you could tell that that would that could never happen anyway. You'd never be able to as soon as you ran up on the stage, unless you had been masturbating in the seat. And then right. you're about to blow it, and you took like three steps of stage to blow it. You wouldn't be able to just get up there and have enough time to jack yourself off to the point of orgasm before some bouncer just pulled you off stage and beat the living shit out of you. Right. It just wouldn't happen. I mean, it could never happen. And then also have the girl sitting in her wheelchair, like just waiting to catch your load. She would be wheeling back at like the speed of. <laughs> and who's ever Kit seen a girl in a wheelchair do karaoke? How did she get up on the stage? <laughs> There's got to be a ramp. A ramp. You gotta have a ramp. This is Scotland. They don't have the ADA over there. Well, I'm surprised they even have do. karaoke over there. I don't know. I want to see. Still, a, I want to see a Japanese dude with a Scottish accent singing, you know, a share song. <laughs> I wonder what music they do over there. Like uh, Ned's Atomic Dustbin. Remember them? <laughs> no Direction. Is that a Scottish song? I don't know. They're out there big in Europe. That European boy band. I don't know, probably. Plus, who's ever heard of a Bukaki bar? That's that's another point. There's no, we all know about Bukaki, but there aren't Bukaki bars. Maybe. I mean, you've never been, you've never been to Japan. Maybe I should go. I mean, they they could have a Bukaki. I, I could <laughs> see it happening in Japan. But why would they have? Do they even have Japanese people, Asian people, for that matter, in Scotland? There's got to be some. I bet you two. There's probably two. I don't think there's any more. I bet you there's about as many Asian people in Scotland. I bet you there's more black people in Scotland because there's a lot more black people in the UK. They got to have a sushi restaurant. All right. So there's the two Asian people. One guy runs a sushi restaurant. One guy runs the happy walk. Although, although the and, funny uh, thing is if you look in the back of the sushi restaurant, even in California, it's all Mexicans back there. <laughs> <laughs> or even the Chinese restaurant too. It's all Mexican. <laughs> People, you can email the show, cigaronpodcast at hotmail.com. Uh, we get to, we're at the point right now where we, we beg you to uh, subscribe to the show on iTunes. We're not going to beg this time. We're going to command. No, just seriously, just go to iTunes, and uh, it helps us out. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating, and maybe comment. Maybe a nice comment. We appreciate that. But it seriously does help the show, so uh, go to iTunes. Uh, we're selling our new T-shirts, brand new T-shirts, the Cheap Trick Tees. Actually, you know, Wackerly, it's funny. We got a call from this guy who I would say was the most excited person I've ever heard about buying a sick and wrong Cheap Trick Tee. I'm going to play the play the call real quick. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I just want to say, hey, the new sick and wrong Cheap Trick shirts, fucking rock, dude. Um, um, I'm, I'm down with Quato. Fuck yeah, I know Quato is. But, uh, I can't wear a Quato shirt, guy. But the fucking sick and wrong cheap trick shit is badass. You need to add.com. But, you know, it doesn't matter. I will purchase a fucking sick and wrong cheap trick fucking knockoff, dude. Beautiful, fucking brilliant, fucking nice, dude. Uh, um, thanks, man. Seriously, people, I did not plant. That's not a plant. I don't know that guy. I've <laughs> never met v- that I think guy. It's Vietnam, dude. <laughs> I think he wants to wear it down to Margarita Night at wherever he used to say he would go on Margarita Margarita Tuesdays. Right? I can't tell if he's being sincere or mocking us, or mocking me. Probably, I don't know. I don't know. He sounds really, it. really intoxicated. But whatever. I wish everybody out there. Did I think everybody out Tuesday? there. Uh, maybe it's yeah. Maybe it's Margarita Tuesday. 
I don't know. I think everybody should be that excited to buy a Sick and Wrong tea. Actually, that's the best way to help out the show. Just go to sickandwrongpodcast.com slash store. And uh, yeah, just uh, order a Sick and Wrong Cheap Trick tea. And uh, all of a sudden, you'll be the coolest kid on your block. Sick and Wrong Song of the Week, actually, is the theme from the fine, fine film Over the Top. You know, it's, at first you probably won't recognize the song, but then once you hear the chorus, you mean it's the not rousing the chorus. No, it's <laughs> Winner Takes It All, done by Sammy Hagar, a young Sammy Hagar. Isn't that like a Frank Sinatra song? No, I don't think so, is it? No. This is, this is definitely not a Frank Sinatra song. But maybe, I mean, maybe the it's a play and on the like Rock It Up. I'm going to have to listen to both now. It's it's a very rousing song. It's uh, you know you know how like back in the eighties there are lots of those uh, there are lots of those songs like Eye of the Tiger or um, You're the Best Around. Remember that was that Karate Kid. Yeah. What about the it's song like the that's in the Transformers movie? Oh uh, yeah, what was that one that they made? Then they made fun of in uh, Boogie Nights, I think. Ah oh, my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't think of it right now. High, it's something about higher. I'm not sure. Anyway, in this one, if you if you do a Google search for the video, <clears throat> in this one, if you do a Google search for the video, you can actually see the whole montage of like Stallone finding the you know big bull Hurley, and it's like winner takes it all. And there's like Sammy Hagar and his motorcycle cruising around. It's a good. It's a good one. It's a good one. Just drinking tequila and just driving recklessly through Mexico where they don't care because, like, oh, Mr. Hagar, you bring so much money into this town. You can do anything you want. <laughs> he was run- running over street urchins and just plastered on tequila. I love Cabo. Doesn't he own that town, Cabo I'm the Wabo. king of Cabo. I thought Cabo Wabo was like he renamed it that and he owns it. There's a bar there called Cabo Wabo, and I couldn't go because I had Mexican digestive sickness that day when we walked by it. I was very disappointed. You had the Hagar's? Yeah. I, yeah, had, Hagar, I had Hagar's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> Which means you're, you're basically trapped on a shitter all day, and the radio's stuck just on Van Hagar, like the Van Halen of the Hagar years. Yeah. That's what happened. Dude, that'd be the worst. Who do you think we should get to do the theme song for Over the Top 2? Oh man, you're putting me on the spot here, but uh I kind of want Devo to do it. Devo? <laughs> Would that be great? And they, they I guess they don't do the rousing song. I bet, I bet you it'd be a good song. Yeah. They do a lot of movie music. Yeah, so I does think Randy Devo Newman. Would be good. Yeah, I don't know if Randy Newman would do something like that. No. I mean, you could do someone like, you know, a popular person to have it like be rap, you know, mix some hip hop into it and like get like Kanye West or something make it popular. I think I'm going to have to go with the Canadian rap kid. You know who I think would they they would probably get in actuality if the movie ever was made? Kid Rock. Doesn't he sound like some dude that would do an arm wrestling soundtrack? Yeah. I'm still pulling probably. for the Canadian rap kid. Uh, you know that would be my vote too. Because I want that kid to get a chance. And if that's his moment in the sun, the over the top two movie, then so be it. You know. So we're you gonna end the show here. On the song right now, just coming up with some <laughs> demo reels. It's just gotta have a good chorus, just a rousing chorus. It's gotta be so like one for the verse montage. about arm wrestling. That's it. Everything else can just be like follow your dreams and punch life in the face. Sort of or something thing. you know, like you gotta say like reach for the stars. Or yeah, exactly. That's how it is. You know, it's like reach for the stars. Or you know, 
it's Tiger, like some, be brave. Some, yeah, some verse should be, you know, when you're down. You're down and out. Your welfare check bounce. <laughs> That's not really a rap song, but he knows, what I'm, he knows what I'm getting at. Yeah, but you could use that for the chorus and in between you rap, you know? Just add a few beats. You can rap over anything. Oh, I could, but anyway. be, I could be like the R&B part and he could be the rap part. I like where you're going with this, actually. It totally works. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to end the show here with uh, Winner Takes It All, the theme from the movie Over the Top, and uh, it's sung by Sammy Hagar. People will be back next week with episode uh, 350. Till then, take a season. Good night.
you doing, Lance? Um, this is Dwayne, aka DJ Do One. You struggled with my name before when I sent in the story. Um, I'm happy to see that D, you've changed your profile picture on Facebook to include a picture of your London fans that actually came out to see you. And I'm the big black one in the back. That's it, really. Keep it sick, keep it wrong. Later.